All right, let's see. Are we working this week? Yep, okay. All right, it's a good day to be in God's presence. It's a good day to be here. Uh, I'm really glad Lisa picked out that song. I was, I was hoping she would, and then uh, I saw she picked it out, and uh, I'm sorry she wasn't here to, to lead us in that. But... Uh, You know, it's a song that needed to be written. You know, I appreciate songs when you go, man, somebody needed to write that. (laughs) When somebody, you know, there's there's songs throughout time, you know, I Exalt Thee, you know, or whatever. You know, there's ones that just, just good songs that, it's like somebody needed to write that song. God's like, yep, I'm, I don't know if that was his first choice, but somebody finally received it from heaven. And uh, so that's a good thing. We need that revelation. You know, that's my prayer today. Uh, I was talking to, I've talked to several pastors, and I've ha- heard several of them mention they actually, some of them don't care for like Father's Day or Mother's Day or, you know, all these things because they feel like they're, you know, they're, they're, they kind of get an assignment about what to preach on. And then I've also talked to other pastors who say, oh, I never do that. I don't even bother with Mother's Day. I just preach whatever's on my heart, you know, and uh, <laughs> forget Mother's Day. I mean, they, they do stuff. I think he just doesn't do the sermon around Mother's Day. I don't know. I'm not at that church. So, um, But, you know, it was interesting. I was talking with one person that was, you know, it was just like, and I just mentioned, you know, I always just, I always just default to Father's Day, God is the Father. You know, that's just, that's just what I always go to. And I shared that with a pastor. Oh, man, I've never even thought of that. I'm like, wow. Now, but here's, here's the deal. I know this pastor, his father basically abandoned him. So you know what? The thought doesn't cross his mind. It's not automatic. For me, it's a little more automatic. I appreciate I was blessed with a good father. It gives you a head start. It doesn't mean you can, you can stop the race if you want. But it gives you a head start at knowing God as a good father. Men, all of our kids, their first impression of Father God will be you. No pressure. (laughs) I say that not to put a weight on us, but to put something in us. There needs to be a, a desperation in us to say, Oh God, how can I do that? How can I do that? And he says, you can't. That's why you have me. <laughs> He's like, you can't, but I can. I can in you. I can do that in you. I am great enough to overcome whatever you've been through, whatever weakness you have, whatever failing you have, whatever stumbling block you have, whatever fear you have, whatever doubt you have, whatever happened in your past, whether you had a good father or a horrible father, a father that you never even knew. You don't know if he's good or bad, but he wasn't there for whatever reason. God says, in you, I can make you like me. I mean, that's part of the gospel. It says he forms the image of Christ in us. You're saying, hey, is Christ the Father? Well, no, the Father God and Jesus are not the same, but they are. (laughs) And I don't want to get too far into the Trinity because I I can mess myself up on it. (laughs) 
It makes our head hurt. You know, there's some things about God that should make our head hurt. A little bit of mystery, like, hey, he's, he's, he's different. You know that song? I love that song, and that's the only song that I changed was, There's None Like You. God's different. So when I approach Him, I have, to, I have to know that I have to, for me, I have to set aside whatever I've seen, good or bad, and I have to say, God, You show me who You are. Because if I'm looking to someone else, I can get some good things here and there. I had, I had a great dad, but you know what? He's not God the Father. He's, he's, he messed up plenty of times. I won't tell you any of those stories today, but I think I have before. So there were only six of them. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. I have, I have to receive that revelation from God. And I felt like the first thing God put on my heart, the Lord put on my heart today, was, was from this verse. It's Psalm 2710. You can put that up for me, Cooper. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. For some of us, this is a promise. We should have this scripture on our mirror, on our steering wheel, or whatever. Because if you face rejection in your life, you know how painful that can be. And it may not be rejection from a father or mother, but it's especially painful if it's from someone close to you. Someone that was supposed to receive you rejected you. And we, we get it. We're, if you reject me and I don't know you and I expect you not to really like me, I might be upset for that for a little bit, but that's going to that's gonna go away. It's the ones that are close. It's the unexpected that you didn't expect to be betrayed where you've experienced that rejection that happens in divorce. It can happen when, you know, I'm talking about spouses with divorce, but also kids with divorce. Again, no guilt, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's not what this is about. It's about saying, but being real and saying, hey, that, that caused some rejection in my life. You may have had a, a father or mother just, just leave for whatever. You don't even know why. They, they were gone. They chose something different. You're like, man, I didn't. Some of you are like, uh-oh, we're getting personal here today. <laughs> yes, we are. Because I don't think we're going to know who we are until we know who He is. The better I know Him, the better me I'm going to be. Because I'm going to know who I am. If you try to learn who you are apart from God, you're, finding, you're trying to find someone that doesn't exist. God wants the you that exists, but it's only found if we first find Him. I've got to know who He is. And that only comes by revelation. It doesn't come... You can't just read about it in a book. You know, the, the illustration I thought of, and I know we have a police officer here, so I hope I don't screw it up, um, is when I watch TV shows with cops, they have, uh, they have sketch artists. Do you have sketch? Do you? No, that's all fake? Or is that just we don't have them in Midland? You don't know. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> on TV, <laughs> I think they really have them somewhere, but maybe it's not everywhere. Okay. So you have, you have a sketch artist, right? And so you have someone that has something happen to them, they come in and they bring in the expert who can probably draw better than me 
Because all my people, they look exactly the same. Circle, stick, 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 stick. Is that the guy? Is that the gal? Put long hair on it, it's a girl. Put short hair, it's a guy. Okay, but you get a sketch artist. So they describe to the sketch artist, you know, hey, what kind of person? And I've seen them draw them. They'll say, hey, these eyes, no, the eyes are bigger. They're smaller. They're farther apart, etc. And so, uh, you know, and they finish and they've got a sketch of their, uh, of the perp, <laughs> the 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 suspect, okay? Uh, and so they got a piece of paper, and so you can copy it off, you can look at it, and you can see. And so you've got a, a 2D version of what that person looks like. But, you know, it's not quite, you know, it, it may be close, but it's still hard to tell from a sketch, even a really good sketch, when you meet someone, it's like, oh, is that the person or is that not? Is that, is that him? You know, if they're really good, maybe. I, I don't know enough about sketch artists to, to tell you that. Uh, just what I've seen on TV. Some of us, we've got a sketch of God as a good father. And we carry around the piece of paper. And we've had other people draw him for us. We've had other people describe him to us. We've had people, you know, go into great detail. We've heard sermons, maybe a couple of them, maybe even from me, you know, about God as as a good father. But all I've got is just a sketch until I meet him as the father. You know, if I've got the wrong picture, I find the wrong person. I've got to have the right picture even to have the right person. So it is useful to have the right picture. But the picture is not the person. The picture is what they're like. When I meet them, then I experience what they're really like. You know, it's the difference between 2D and 3D. Picture's flat. When you meet someone in person, you've got three dimensions, and maybe even more. You've got the spiritual dimension. You've got all kinds of dimensions where when you, when you meet somebody, you really get to know them. It's like the difference between black and white and color. For some of you young people, TV used to be black and white. There were no colors on the screen. I even had one as a little kid. I'm that old. <laughs> they had color TVs, but we just had a little black and white one first. It looks so much better in color, right? It looks even better in HD. You know, and a whole lot bigger. 13 inches was big back then, right? Remember that? Some of you old people in here? (laughs) 13 inch. Okay, I'm old enough to remember that. That's scary to think. Must be that birthday I got coming up. But here's the deal. You know, when you have have black and white, you, you don't know that there's something better until you see color. You don't know you're watching in black and white if you didn't know there was an option for color. The revelation of God needs to come where He comes as the Father and puts color into our relationship where He reveals Himself as a good Father. It can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can ask, and that's good. He wants you to ask. 
Ask and you will receive. Begin to seek God for that. If you've never experienced that, you know, you know there's, there's a disconnect there sometimes. Because I just, I just really got this sense that so many of us, we sing that song and we're just holding a picture. We're not holding somebody else's hand. And God says, I want so much more. I want so much more. And I want to erase the parts of this picture that you've, you've got wrong. All those things that they think you're like. I want, to, I, want to, I want to edit that picture so that you find me, you really know, oh, that's you, that's you. That's the good Father. That's the good God. Perfect. Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're going to first read verse 19. You know, the book, the book of John, as, as you're turning there, is each of the Gospels kind of reveals a little bit different angle of who Jesus is. And the, you know, the book of John really focuses on revealing Jesus as the Son of God. You know, Luke is more about Jesus as the human, the Son of Man. Uh, Matthew is more focused on the Jewish side of Jesus, that he's the fulfillment as the Messiah, bringing the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say kingdom of God. It says kingdom of heaven because it was to a Jewish audience. They wouldn't say God's name. And Mark is basically all action. <laughs> it's just, boom, here's what, here's what he did. Let me show you who he is by what he did. But so John is, is revealing, how does he do that? There is hundreds of times, over a hundred times, not hundreds, over a hundred, over a hundred times where the word Father appears in the book of John. And most of the time, it's G, out of Jesus' own mouth talking about my Father or the Father. Because re, he's revealing his relationship to us as a son. And so over and over again, Jesus is talking about the Father. The Father, my Father. Who, who comes in his, you know, whose name do you, well, I come in my Father's name, you know. I only de, do what I see the Father doing. I mean, every, every explanation from Jesus in the book of John points to the Father. And so we get to this, you know, the book of John is also one of the most confrontational books. I was telling Cooper about this the other day. Remember, Cooper? We're talking about the book of John. It's like Jesus gets really serious with the Pharisees. You, you see why they wanted to kill him. You know, all the other books, you're like, this dude's doing great stuff. Yeah, he, he's breaking the Sabbath, quote unquote, and doing all this stuff. But why are they so mad at him? But then you see in the book of John where, where he's going back and forth. He says, no, actually, you're a child of the devil. You're like, okay, I know why you were ticked off now. <laughs> You're actually you want to you want you're you're doing just like your father. You're you're like a murderer. That's what Jesus said to the to the Pharisees. It was intense. It was it was some intense conversations that were going on. And so that's what this one is here, right here, is is an intense conversation. But I believe it brings a revelation of God as the Father 
that I want to bring out here today. It says in, in 19, so Jesus is saying right here, it's with the Pharisees. He says, I'm the light of the world and I've come and I testify by myself. And they're like, well, you've got to have a testimony of two or three witnesses or it doesn't matter. I'm summarizing to this point. And Jesus says, my father is the, is the other witness. You know my father. He, he's the one witnessing, saying, I am who I say I am. And then they asked him, verse 19, here's 19. Where is your father? And Jesus says, you do not know me or my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. You know, there's other places where Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what God is like. That's part of why Jesus came, was to reveal the Father. You know, there was all kinds of religious junk that had been added on for years. And when Jesus got there, it was so radical. He's like, no, this, this, is, this is not who God is. You've got it all wrong. You've got it messed up. You're worried about me healing somebody on the Sabbath day. Like, I just opened the eyes of a blind dude, and you're like, he did it on the Sabbath. How can you get that far messed up? Well, it's the religious spirit. It's legalism. It's putting God in a box. We can still do it today. Where it's like, we get stuck on one thing. That's what the problem with the Pharisees were. They were so stuck on their box and their control and what was, you know, they wanted to be in charge of it. They had it figured out. And there was no mystery. There was no, there was no expectancy. There was no openness that God could do something different than I, than I had planned out. And so when Jesus showed up, and then he starts talking about God as his father. You know, there's one place in it where it says they, they picked up stones to kill him because they knew that when he was saying God is my father, they knew he was saying I'm equal with God. I'm the son of God. I mean, did you ever notice where Jesus never came out and just said, I mean, wouldn't you do it? Come out, come down, stand up on the first day and say, guys, guys, here, let me tell you. I'm the Messiah and I'm the Son of God. I'm here. I have arrived. And just make it that clear, right? There's no verse in Scripture where Jesus just says, says you know, just lays it out so clearly. But he laid it out very clearly in what he said to that audience because they would have understood what he meant. So when he said, God's my father, they're like, we're going to kill you. That's blasphemy. So you've got all this stuff going on. So Jesus says, if you knew me, you'd know my father. Let's go down to verse 31. So they keep talking about, you know, they're going back and forth where Jesus says, you know, you're from below, I'm from above. In other words, you're straight from hell, but I'm from heaven. You see why they wanted to kill him, right? <laughs> kind of ticks you off when says someone, hey, man, you're, you're from the devil. Someone told me that I'd be, well, depending on who they were, I'd, I might be a little bit upset. <laughs> Let me tell you who you are. Okay, verse 31, Holy Spirit open this word as we continue to read it. Okay, so to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, look, to the Jews who had believed him, so there's people that were responding to Jesus, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? So this tell, this tell, that verse right there tells me sometimes I can be bound by things that I don't know I'm bound by. 
So Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. In other words, he wanted to clear it up. You're all slaves. Now a slave has no per permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. So in other words, they were talking about their, their heritage, where they were from. Like, hey, we're, we're the children of God. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. And look at their response. We're not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. In other words, they understood the connotation that Jesus was saying, you were born out of wedlock. You were born in sin. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Can you feel the tension in the room right here? <laughs> if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any one of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, I mean, did you get that there? Jesus said, I'm sinless. I've never sinned. I've never done anything wrong. I am perfect. If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. We're going to stop there. He goes on and gets, gets into it further with the Pharisees. And at the end, basically Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. And he was being very clear to refer back to God when Moses, God appeared to Moses and said, Who are you? Who should I say sent me? And he says, I am that I am. So Jesus was clearly saying, I'm God. Now you get a little bit better picture of why they were wanting to kill him. Because he was making the claims very specifically and very boldly. But I want us to go, this whole idea of two fathers. Verse 38 says this. I want you to keep that verse up on the screen, Cooper. You can keep it up for most of the rest of the time. I'm telling you. I'll let him find it. Yeah, verse 838. Oh, Cooper's not there anymore. Dan. <laughs> That's why it's taking time. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. And you are doing what you have heard from your Father. 
Man, this scripture just really jumped out at me when I read this section. This, this, is, this is the big contrast right here. Is who are you hearing from? Who are you getting revelation from? There's two voices that are speaking. There's our old father. If you're a believer in Jesus, I look around, most of you, I know all of you are believers. At least you say you are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are. So, what that means is every single one of us, the devil was your father. Spiritually. It's like, oh man, that sounds really harsh. <laughs> I thought I was a pretty good guy. <laughs> Before you're saved, you have to understand, everyone's not a child of God. I know we like to say that on Facebook and, oh, all God's children. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we have a right. We've been given an invitation to become children of God. It's a free gift. But not everybody's a child of God. And if you're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. That's what Jesus was saying to them in the scriptures. Hey, you're listening to your father. I'm hearing, I am telling you what I've seen in my Father's presence. You know, there's two voices that are going to try to speak into our lives. There's the voice of the old Father who still tries to come in and get influence in my life. He wants his spiritual genetics passed on. That's why Jesus says we're going to do a whole DNA, a whole spiritual DNA transfer. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to literally be taken out of one family and put in another. And spiritually, it's, it's, that you, it's as if you were never in that other family. Because the surety and the strength of the adoption of God into His family, it's done by blood. Because I now have the blood of Jesus. The blood of God the Son. Flowing and covering in, in my life. I've got new DNA. I've got new spiritual DNA. So all that other stuff from my old father. It doesn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter what I've been through. It doesn't have to have any power over me anymore. The only power it has is what power? The power of a lie. The power to believe a lie. And I find it interesting. There's two different words here that I, I find it interesting that, that Jesus uses them. That he says, for him, I have seen in the Father's presence. The, word, the, the Greek word there... I won't tell it to you because you won't write it down or remember it anyway, and I forgot to write it down. Um, the Greek word there is, is interesting. It means one of the meanings of that word is to be ushered right into the presence of God immediately. In other words, to have an appointment with the king, to see him. So that's what, what Jesus is saying. I have, I'm telling you what I have seen 
in the Father's presence. And then when he refers to the other Father, and you are, you are only doing what you have heard from your Father. Because I believe there's a greater revelation for the power of our new Father than the power of the old Father. We shouldn't empower the devil greater than he is. We don't want to underestimate him, but we don't want to give our old man... <laughs> I don't really like that phrase as a dad. I hope my son never uses it. I don't know if your kids... You know, oh, it's my old man. <laughs> I always think of old... I always think of the Petra song, Killing My Old Man, and I think I don't want to I don't want to be called the old man. <laughs> King James, you know, crucify the old man. Like I don't want to have anything to do with the old man because I died. And now I'm living in Christ. And so I've been I've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. That's good news. But you know what? The old father, the only thing he has is a voice. What you've heard from your father. The only power he has is the power of suggestion. And we need to, some of us need to just turn the volume down and say, you know what? I'm not listening anymore. I'm turning off that frequency. You know, we all have things that, that come up, if, if we're honest, at least as men. I don't know. I've never been a woman. So uh, nowadays you would never know. <laughs> um, but, sorry, I, <laughs> get off track here. But, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. I had a, had a great dad, but there's still some sometimes where I'm like going... Where is that coming from? What is going on here? That, that's not from God. <laughs> I know that. Why is that thing having an influence in my life? Why is, it having, why is that coming up in my life? And so, you know, I, I don't know what, what it is in each individual circumstance, but I can tell you the source. I can tell you the source is demonic. The source is from my old father. You know, I was watching, uh, we watched a War Room for the first time last night. I know it came out a long time ago, but Ashley and I hadn't seen that movie. Uh, and it's a very powerful movie about prayer. But I, 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 love, the, I love a couple different things about that movie. Was, was one where the person really just got, the, the lady, if you haven't seen it, there's a bad marriage and the lady meets this older lady who's full of like just this woman of God and gets encouraged to begin to pray, to go into her war room to pray for her husband and her family and herself. And she begins to pray. And so she, she goes throughout the house and she just says, I want you out, devil. God, I want you in. And devil, I want you out, to summarize it. Powerful scene. Sometimes all that needs to be done is my voice addressing that other voice. And say, you know what? No. No more. No. 
I'm not listening to you anymore. And here's what makes that voice quieter, is getting in the presence of God. Because then, there's, I'm not only hearing, it says I'm seeing. I, and I believe that speaks to the revelation. When you're with the Father, when you're with God the Father, there's a revelation going on. It's 3D. It's like the difference between the paper and the reality of meeting someone. That he says, I want to take you from the 2D and I want you to move into the version of 3D where you experience my love, you experience my power, you experience my deliverance, you experience my heritage, the, you experience my spiritual genetics in your life. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could say the same thing Jesus did? We could just say that first part that says, hey, I'm telling you what I've seen in my Father's presence. I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been there, and I know. And you have to believe that you can be there and know. If you think you don't belong, if you allow things in your life to to make you dull, to the things of God. We know what those things are. We just get off track and, you know, we're not in God's presence. We're not praying. Not praying in the Spirit. Not in the Word, in the Scriptures. And we become dull. And so the, the, is he, the Father hasn't moved. And He hasn't left us. We just have our eyes a little bit closed. We need to open our eyes. And say, oh God, open my eyes. Let me see what's going on in your presence. So I want us to I want us to close in prayer. Let's all stand. Stretch yourself out, move around. If you're getting real comfortable, some of you are getting really comfortable. <clears throat> nice rainy day. Pastor John's not yelling enough to this morning. But but here's here's the thing. I want us to address some voices right now. And so, if there's something that just keeps coming up in your life that you know is not from God, the good Father in heaven, then I want you to address that right now. I'm going to begin to pray. And as I begin to pray, you, you go ahead and begin to pray. You, you speak to that thing. You, you lift it up. If you need strength from God, just, just in, invite the Holy Spirit. We're going to invite Him and say, Holy Spirit, help us. But I, I want us to see some voices, you know. He might try a different voice later, but that one voice that, that keeps working on us, I want it to be silenced this morning. What better gift than for us to have the right Father, to be hearing from the right Father. So Holy Spirit, right now, we just thank you for your presence, God. I don't have to work it up, but you're here. And we welcome you to do what you want in just this short time. And right now, God, we lift up those things to you, those voices, those things that are hanging on, that are trying to, you know, those echoes from, from the past. We choose to speak to those and I address those right now in the name of Jesus. And I say, be still. 
voice, you be quiet in the name of Jesus. For anybody in this room where the voice is coming from the enemy or the voice of their own past trying to condemn them, I command you to be silent in the name of Jesus. Lord, and I just pray just a release over every single one of us. Give us open ears to hear you. Give us open ears to experience you, God. If we've got the wrong sketch, if we've got the wrong picture, if we've got the wrong drawing, and we're looking for the wrong person, God, that you'd bring us a revelation. Holy Spirit, lead us to the good Father. Lead us to the mighty God. Lead us to the everlasting one. Lead us to the one who never changes. Lead us to the one who's here right now with us. Lead us to the one who has power to deliver, save, and heal. We want to know who you are. Not who we made you out to be. Not who someone else says you are. Not who our experience even says you are. Lord, we choose to receive straight from you to have a personal introduction. Lord, I pray any barrier in any heart this morning would be released. Lord, that you just open up fresh revelation in each and every heart to see you as the good Father. Lord, we want to hear from the right Father. We want to follow you. We want to hear things in your presence. God, open our ears even further. Our ears are open, God, but open them further so we can hear. Just let us, let us tune into the frequency of your voice. Holy Spirit, you are so good. Fill us up, God. We need you, oh Lord. Lord, I pray for every father in here, and I pray for myself as well. Lord, do a miracle in us. Do a miracle do a miracle where our kids and our, our friends and our wives see the Father in us. Do something miraculous. Make us like you, O oh God. I choose to believe that you're greater than my weakness. I choose to believe that you're greater than my shortcomings. I choose to believe that you're greater than any sin I have committed committed in the past or the sins I might still commit in the future. I choose to believe that you're greater. So do a miracle and raise up a bunch of guys around us, Lord, who are in your presence, who are being healed, aren't perfect yet, but we're on the way, Lord, because you're taking us day by day from glory to glory. And we want to show who you are to every single person that's around us. Lord, it's going to take a miracle, so we ask for a miracle. We thank you for the miracle of the new birth, that we are new creations. Lord, we thank you for the miracle of spiritual adoption, that we're now in the family of God. We are now joint heirs with Christ, that you have decided that everything you want to give to Jesus, you're going to give to me. God, I thank you there's no condemnation for me, that I've been forgiven of everything in my past. Thank you that I'm clean. Thank you that I can walk with your authority, Lord, that you have bestowed upon me. That you've bestowed upon me your authority. Well, we want to walk this out and we thank you for this morning to encounter your word and encounter your presence. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He's good. He's good. Go celebrate His goodness. And be blessed as you go. If you need prayer, we always want to invite you to come on up. If somebody needs a second soda to take with you, go ahead and grab one. If you're not a dad, you can get one. If you're a dude, come get one of these. I better get one first.